Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. We're glad to have you guys back. We're glad to be here doing another episode. We're on 20. Number 20. What up, everybody? Thanks for coming back and joining us again. It's a big one for us. It's a milestone, I feel. Why? 20 episodes. It's good. Do you know how many months that takes? To means get we, it episodes? means we didn't give up after episode 19. This is very true. Um, let's share. Let's let's share our weekend. We went to last Thursday. We went to the Chris Brown concert. We did. It was awesome. That guy is a straight up entertainer. He, I highly, highly recommend going to his concert wherever you guys are listening from, whatever city. Um, he's currently doing the what is it called? Indigo tour. Indigo. Indigo tour. Um, it was incredible. I have seen a lot of rappers in concert, um, Drake being my most favorite. However, this dude was, I'm, t- I'm like, he's just, he's a performer. He's an artist. Yeah, it's not like a concert. It's like an sh- entertainment show. It's definitely It's like a something show. you would see in Vegas or yeah. something. He puts up a show. He dances for like two hours straight. He's singing the whole time. It was awesome. And I also thought that Joyner Lucas and Tory Lanez and Ty Dollar Sign were all equally as good. Yeah. Um, they had, it was a really good lineup of people if you're into that kind of music. Yeah. And I also felt in this concert, everybody was really authentic and they cared about like kind of getting into the crowd. Every single person except for Chris Brown came down off the stage and went into the crowd and like shook hands and came down and sang. And they were just, it was a very interactive concert, I felt. It yeah. wasn't just us like sitting in the crowds and, and watching them. No, it was a very interactive one. Like I can dance. He's like MJ. Yeah, I, I mean, I He's don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it every single day on tour while traveling to all different cities. That has to be like taxing on your body. I'm sure they do like months and months of practice and choreography before they actually start the show. But even with that, like it's one thing to do practice and choreography in one location. But when you add the, the fact that you're like traveling by tour bus or traveling by plane almost every day or every other day when you're on a con- uh, tour like that. That's hard enough on your body. Better yet, dancing for two and a half hours every night. Yeah, agreed. Well, because we did this on Thursday, we were super low-key with our weekend. I feel like we had to sleep. We got home at like 1130 that night, and that was it for us. Yeah, I was out. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were I, I think I absorbed all of his energy from throwing all those dance moves out. Yeah, I was ready to sleep. It was a lot. Um, way past my bedtime, for sure. But uh, we had a low-key weekend, and Sunday we did something different. We actually completely took off... From work, yeah. Know? I'm saying I've been going hard for what, like two months straight, something no, like since that. Since July, yeah, I've been going hard for several months, like seven days a week, no breaks. Uh, and after a while of doing that, you know, your body will tell you. You can kind of notice if you begin to become a little worn out and mentally exhausted, and you just got to take some time off. Like when your body starts giving you those signals, it's telling you reconnect with yourself calm yourself, center yourself, slow down on the work stuff. And so I basically just disconnected as much as possible from technology altogether. And we just, you know, I didn't focus on anything work-related. Yeah. I had a chance to babysit my nephews in the morning. After did a workout class in the afternoon. I'm in my 30-day Legree plank challenge right now. That's right. And I just finished, what, yesterday? Was it day seven? Six. Day six, okay. So I'm going six days a week for 30 days. The first week intense is all i gotta say yeah it's it like works you in a completely different way but this class we go to a lot of these instructors like to do a lot of legs and so you know i've always done legs but it's been like one day a week or one and a half days a week if i mix some other stuff in and so doing them like six days a week mixed with other stuff 
it, uh, it really takes the energy out of you. Anyway, taking this Sunday off from like, quote unquote, work and just kind of just doing things really low key and kind of just focusing on ourselves gave me the inspiration for our lifestyle tip this week. And that was that maybe sometimes going overboard can equal burnout. And so everybody should be taking, especially like if you're like an entrepreneur or you're on your own, you're your own boss. You're like everything leans on your shoulders. I think it's imperative that we learn to take a, you know, a day off completely. And there's a, there's several reasons to that. It's not, it's not a cop out. It's not being lazy. I think that even when you step away, there's a lot of benefits to doing so. You can step away and become more creative. You know, it, it's that whole thing. Like you don't want to be working in the business so much that you're missing opportunities or you're burning out or you're, you know, physically or mentally getting exhausted. You're like, you know, slipping up at work, taking that step back for 24 hours and unplugging actually helps you be way more productive for the following week or the next day and can also help you make connections and dots in your mind for your business that maybe you couldn't because you were just so in the zone with everything. I think that's very helpful. I also think that it's helpful for um, your relationship with the world around you, like with us and, you know, with our family members and our friends and kind of connecting with other people and maybe even just centering ourselves where nothing was on our calendar for Sunday, except for the little guys coming over, but there was nothing scheduled. And so we were able to just go with the flow and just like chill out completely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very helpful and that's important to recognize. So anybody really giving it their all right now and whatever you're trying to do, definitely take a day off. And this even goes for people who might not be working. Maybe you're a student or maybe you're taking some time off from a job completely even when you're trying to look for a job or find your passion, I think taking a whole day off from trying, trying, trying can actually, you know, take you five steps or five years ahead as opposed to like always trying to make it happen because mm-hmm. that's forcing it, you know, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't do good for anybody. OK, on to our topic. Um, today's topic is a little bit different and I struggled with whether or not we should do this one this morning because I was preparing for it today and I really thought like, you know, is this something that's going to be beneficial to people? Is it something that people will relate to? I'm not really sure if I can pull an hour of an episode out of this. A ton of, you know, thoughts went through my mind. But it's something that I felt for me personally to be authentic to myself, I had to share. Because, I mean, not many people would know this, but me growing up, I had was a very hothead. Like, I had a huge ego. And I don't really don't know where it came from. And let's not even get down the ego trap. But I could, like, get into a screaming match with my parents. I could scream with my friends. Like I would just, if things didn't go my way, I would just lash back like no tomorrow. And I'm 31 now. So looking back on it, it makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. But I also self-reflect on like that stage in my life. And I did it well into my late 20s too, up until a couple of years ago. But something triggered me to talk about this and it's a couple things that had happened recently but the first time I recognized that I've kind of started to tone down a little bit as I get older is about two two and a half years ago it might have even been three my mom if you'll remember this my mom was supposed to go to Paris with us Mm -hmm. remember (laughs) and I was so excited like I was stoked for you me and my mom to go to Paris I had never been she had never been you had never been And it was a work trip for you, but I was making it fun for us. And I, you know, got her on board. She agreed to go, whatever. And what we didn't realize or didn't think about is that if you are a U.S. citizen, you don't need a visa to go to Paris to visit. I think it's like 30 days or 60 days. 
well, my mom is not a U.S. citizen, okay? So <laughs> she's, I mean, she lives here. She's been here for like 50 years, but you just didn't, I didn't think of that. And she didn't think of that either. And so it's like, oh, Nina and Brian don't need one. I don't need one. Like, we just thought like everyone is on the same page here. And wrong. Yeah. Like, absolutely wrong. It was like two weeks away from the trip or like a week and a half. And I'm in my car driving and she calls me and she goes, Nina, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what is it? You know, and I'm like all excited about Paris and this and that. And she goes, I was talking. She was talking to a neighbor or somebody. And she's like, I realized that and everything was booked, like our tours were booked, like I our tickets were booked. Everything was ready to go. She's like, I never got my visa. And I'm like, you don't need a visa. And she goes, no, I need a visa. I do need a visa. I checked into it. So as she's on the phone, I, I pull over to the side and I start Googling like, you know, non-U.S. citizen, like, do you need a visa? And sure enough, she does. And it takes like 30 to 40 days to get one because of like citizenship issue. So I'm like, no way. I was so defeated in that moment. Like I had such a high and I was looking forward to this moment so much that when she told me and I realized that we would never get a visa in time, I was just like, I went dead silent. And in that moment, I was also mad. I was angry, like furious angry. But I was also extremely sad, like tears were coming down my face. If anybody was sitting with me, they would see like I had like this one side of me that was furious and this other side of me that was just so sad and just like defeated. And I was like, and I couldn't even say anything to her. I couldn't say, okay or it's okay. Or I was just dead silent. Like I didn't know what to do or what to say because I was battling conflicting emotions within me. And she's like talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden I like snap out of it when she goes, Nina, are you there? <laughs> and I go, yeah. <laughs> and I, just start, I just start crying. <laughs> and she's like, don't do that, Nina. And then she gets really, really sad. And, and she's like, don't do that. And I was just holding it in so much, trying not to cry on the phone to her because I was so mad at her, too, that I was just I just kept going silent. And then she goes, Nina, don't give me the silent treatment. Don't do that. Don't do that. And she was getting really, really upset, like sad. And I was just like mom, I can't talk to you right now. And I hung up the phone and I forget what I did. I don't know where I was going, but I was driving and just crying so much that there was like water screens in front of my eyeballs. And I I don't even know how I could see the road when I was driving. And I don't know why it affected me so much, but looking back on it later that evening, I realized that I never yelled. And normally I would have, I would have reacted very harshly in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And even when I came home and I told you about it and I talked to you, I was I was sad. And then at night when I was sleeping, I called obviously I called my mom before I went to bed and I was like, Mom, don't worry about it, like it's okay because she was very hurt with me going radio silent. Um and then she goes, You just she even pointed it out to me. She's like, You didn't you didn't even like react. She's like, You didn't scream. Normally I could hear you screaming and yelling, it's easy for me to hang up on you. <laughs> and she's like, You didn't do that and I'm like, I know, I don't know why. I just didn't scream. So this was a couple of years ago. Fast forward to today, um, something had occurred. A, a couple of things have happened, which you probably don't even know of, but have happened over the last few days. And I just recognized myself not yelling anymore and just kind of being, okay, it is what it is. Um, I think it's easier for me to get sad now as I get older than angry. It could be the dumbest thing in the world, but I'm just noticing that my trigger, when I get triggered, it's like I get sad instead of mad. And I think it's a good thing. I'm not, you know, this is not a negative thing. And I am starting to observe 
other relationships, other people, other marriages, other friendships, and everybody else around me, even like the workspace and and whatnot, that yelling for some reason is like a norm. But why is it a norm? Like why is it a, why is, is it an accepted behavior? It's not. I mean, I think it's accepted in terms of like social reality. People like are so used to like seeing people yelling at each other on TV so they're programmed in that way or maybe their parents yelled or something so they feel it's okay to do so. I don't th- I don't think it's acceptable at all. So what you just said is exactly the conclusion that I have come to myself. It is everywhere from the moment we're born. You know, you could see your parents fighting. You could end up in fighting matches with somebody you see on the streets, you see it in movies and whatnot. But then, not to get off track here, I also started thinking about the workspace, you know? And... Okay, so my background is legal. So I, I did practice law for a couple of years in Philly and in Scranton. And looking back, my whole career sat on arguing. Yeah. And which lawyer could yell louder? Which one could be more passionate? And that d- didn't help me. I don't think that ever helped me as a person or my health or my, you know, the zen that I feel nowadays. That was not helping me whatsoever. And I'm already a pretty high-strung person to begin with. So I was thinking like in the workplace, it's also that way. But now fast forward to me when I was in the corporate space and left the legal field, my boss, literally, he could scream so loud at somebody in his office that we would hear it all the way to the front door of the building. Mm -hmm. And why is that acceptable? Why is that okay for us to just like pop off any second on each other? Um, You and I don't really yell at each other at all. You definitely don't. You never, ever raise your voice. Do you remember the first time you raised your voice at me? Mm Mm-hmm. It was in Lansing. It was like 10 years ago. Um, This is a side story. So Brian and I are dating for maybe a month or two. And I had this like shtick of like never letting a guy pay for me. I always had to pay. (laughs) Um, And we ordered Chinese food. We were a takeout. And we were in law school. And he was over at my apartment. And we we ordered it. And I paid for it on the phone. And he comes out of the kitchen. And he goes, how much do I owe? And he goes, how much is it? And I go, already paid for it. And he goes, Nina, come on. And I was sitting down. You were, st- I'll never forget this. You were standing and I just looked over at you and I started tearing up. Yeah. It was more like, come on, because Nina would like, it was in a funny way. Actually, I wasn't like yelling at her, but it was funny because it was your like. Your voice shot my, up so loud yeah. that I never heard your voice. If I ever, I mean, I don't ever raise my voice, but you've told me like in the couple times throughout a you whole time knowing each other voice. that it gets like very. Uh, loud, loud, mm-hmm. and very like deep and distinct. Yeah, like you don't want to hear Brian. I'm yelling. like commanding the heavens. Yeah, you don't want to hear you yelling because even when you do raise, you raise your voice, even though you weren't yelling, it was so deep and just so loud for me that it kind of like just like you know threw me off for a second. All over a couple of spring rolls. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, you haven't yelled at me since. At least I don't remember, unless I've provoked you. Which I have done. A few I think the only times. time I've ever raised my voice is when you've been yelling or upset about something, yeah. and then like I'm trying just to like calm you down. You're because you're talking at such a high volume level. I will like talk louder just to be like, hey, no, but this calm is, down. This is when I first moved. Or else you won't hear me. Yeah, when I first moved here, I had I went through a, a period of like a lot of confusion and fear of like you know leaving my career, my family and friends, and moving here for a guy. Like I I went through that stage. So like for the first six months to a year. I definitely had a couple outbursts of just like pure insecurity, which I admit to now. But in doing so, I have definitely sc- screamed at you. And it's it's not like screaming for hours. It's like a second. 
you know, I say like one word or one sentence and I scream it out and you just wouldn't uh, scream back at me. But one or two, one or two times you did and I just went even higher than you. <laughs> but they weren't fights. Long story short, I've recognized, aside from those moments, that I stopped screaming. And But everybody else around us screams at each other, right? In our families and our friends and all that, even the workplace. And I just don't find it to be the norm I, I don't think that it should be the norm anymore i don't think that it should be accepted anymore i don't think that it's okay and when i was doing my research on this all day to my surprise because we do not have kids 99 percent of the articles out there on how to control your anger how to stop yelling why we should stop yelling at each other had all to do with parents and kids hmm. like how parents should stop yelling at their kids well, then I really started thinking about a couple of people that I know and how they lose their cool with their kids. And then I thought, okay, when I was a kid, yeah, my dad could yell too at the top of his lungs if we did something wrong. And so it starts there, right? It starts when we're kids, I think. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share that because I have come a long way myself Brian's just a saint here. He never yells, never did yell, I, I guess. Say <laughs> but for me personally, I think women do hold more emotion anyway, and we can yell. Um, we're more prone to yelling quicker, I think, and I don't want to stigmatize that because I know a ton of men who do. But as a female, I, I wanted to share that, that we don't need to be yelling. Um, nothing good comes out of it. So I wanted to share the five top like things that I have learned from not yelling over the last several years. So the first one is that I've come to like a conclusion about that it doesn't work. I've I found that yelling and me screaming like a flailing monkey doesn't help the situation. I don't get what I want by yelling ever. And I think something that's important to touch on that part is usually when somebody's yelling, it's because they're triggered out of an angry response in one way or another, right? 100%. And they're angry about <clears throat> some situation that just occurred, you know, some external thing. Some, I guess it could be an internal thing too, but usually if they're yelling at some, it's somebody else as opposed to yelling at yourself. But it's an external situation that could be out of their control or probably is out of their control because it, it's external. And what I always ask myself is, is this thing I'm about to get upset about going to matter in an hour, in 24 hours, in a month, a year? Usually the answer is no. And so first, why even get upset about it? Second, why even take it to the level of yelling? Because you're right. Like it doesn't work. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah. It doesn't help the situation. The person in front of you begins to resent you. And this could be applied to every scenario, a boss and their employee, a husband and wife, a boyfriend and girlfriend, um, parents and kids. I I can't speak from a parent perspective because I'm not a parent. But as a kid, I can. I have lost 1,000% respect for the parent who yelled at me all the time. You know, like as I grew older, I started getting more distant towards that parent because that parent just continues to continue to be that way. And I'm sure there's many of you out there who can, you know, relate to that. Even if you have a friend who just like, you know, at the tiniest thing just like pops off at the mouth, you don't want to be around that. So take a look at yourself in the mirror and say, if this was happening to me, do I want to be treated that way? Why would I start treating people like that anyway? Um, we're going to get into more. The second reason or the second thing I've learned from not yelling anymore is that I find every time I have lost my cool, I, as a kid, I didn't know what this was called, but now as, a, as an adult, I do. 
it's just regret. Mm-hmm. You know, now I have to go back and say sorry. Now I have to go back and repair the relationship if someone's pissed off at me because I yelled at them. Now I have to make it up to them. And there's this little cloud hanging over you that, you know, you just effed up. Yeah, for you, sure. You know, there's, there's like that little like insecurity bug that happens all because I couldn't control my anger in the moment. So for me, regret and guilt can eat me alive as a person. I hate that feeling. I try to be very, what is it called? Not preventative. Um, I'm blanking on the word. Just go ahead. No big deal. Um, Whatever. So I'm just trying to be like forward thinking and kind of like not do something that I have to retract later. Mm -hmm. And I think that just came with a lot of lessons for me. And now I feel that me getting quiet and not yelling is 10 times easier for me to deal with later on in silence and kind of process what happened or process what somebody said to me. And I'm okay with that. And a part of that is that I don't care about my ego anymore either. You know, whatever. I'll walk away from a from something that doesn't make me feel right. I'll just like go get quiet and kind of like process it myself. That's still something I'm working on because I do think that my 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 quietness now is starting to come off kind of wrong to people. Like if I get quiet with you, if something upsets me, you're all me like, what just happened? You know, it's but because I know how you react now. Like, like you mentioned the story earlier when you were so upset with your mom and you just get really quiet. Yeah. I think part of my thing too, is I seem to really absorb energy quickly off of other people, even if they're not nonverbal cues. Yeah. Um, and I like can feel it super easily. And so I can just tell if something occurs and then all of a sudden you're getting very quiet. I can just re I, that's like a, just a signal, but I can feel it even before that. I can like feel the energy. It's like, okay, there's something that's wrong. We need to fig- diagnose this and figure out what the issue yeah. is and get through it. Right. But it's easier for me to get quiet than now yelling and regretting it and trying to repair something. You, you see what I'm saying? So I'm still working through it. I'm, by no means have I perfected this, but I just find it that I'd rather deal with that awkwardness and the quiet feeling than me losing my cool. The third thing that I have noticed um, and learned that's like a benefit to me from not yelling anymore is that I, in the past several years, ever since I started going down this like self-development, self-discovery phase and reading all these books and whatnot, I'm really trying to just always work on my happiness. I don't look to materialistic things. I don't look to my career. I don't look to you. I don't look to anybody to make me happy anymore. It really stems from me. And I try to always be in a good mood. If, let me retract, when things happen outside of my control that for the split second make me unhappy, I've started to like internally just flip a script, you know, like ignore it or not give my attention to it so it doesn't put me in a bad mood or doesn't make me unhappy. Same with people. Same with my interactions with people. Something happened this past weekend that I didn't even discuss with you or anybody else. Instead, I went within and I said, you know what? I love everyone. I love everything and everything's fine because I just refuse to be in a bad mood or get mad or sad because of what something else of something because of what someone else said or did to me or of a scenario or situation in life that's happening that's out of my control. Like I cannot let things hold me down anymore. I take responsibility for my happiness. Mm hmm. And when I have every single time for as long as I can remember, anytime I have yelled, it's put me in the worst mood for days. One, my energy is completely exhausted. 
I would be depleted that I'd want to sleep for days. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not smiling. Nothing's funny. Nothing's making me laugh. I'm just miserable. Mm-hmm. Just one fight can do that to me of me yelling. And I've just learned that me not doing that, I bounce back much quicker from anything. It's so much easier for me to just acknowledge something, internally smile at it, walk away, and move on in life, as opposed to yelling and dragging something out forever. You're becoming an alchemist, transmuting the energy into love-based emotions. You're right. That's alchemy. You're right, you're right. So the fourth thing that I've learned from all of this is me now being in a good mood 90% of the time, regardless of what's going on and not yelling and not being triggered, is now helping my mood be up, right? I'm always in an improved mood. This helps me focus on what's essential. Think about this. Whenever we fight with something, somebody or we harp on a scenario or situation that is just like terrible in our life and we're yelling and reacting, don't most of us continue to harp on that thing because like you know and then it just perpetuates yes you vent about it to your friends and family you vent about it to your spouse you you start replaying the whole situation in your head before bed at night and you just keep thinking about it thinking about it thinking about it that means your focus is being taken away from the things that are most important to you your career your business meetings your health your workouts even your workouts aren't that great when that happens sometimes i would skip a workout if i was that pissed off Right, because I just don't have any energy. Yeah, to and put towards it, it also like, which I think leads into your next point as well. But it also, when you're up that upset, it raises your cortisol levels, and you become inflamed, inflamed, right? And so, when that occurs, your body's like tighter because you're more like, you know, you're you're pissed because you're upset about something. Yeah. So like your joints and tendons and your muscles and stuff, they almost tense up a little bit. And because of that, the energy doesn't flow as freely throughout your body. And so it does raise those stress levels. Yeah. And that is my fifth point that from a health perspective, and obviously everything I just stated to you guys, you can Google this, your blood pressure. People don't realize this because we, you know, when you're young, it's fine. Like, you know, you can yell and, you know, but as you get older, you're really spiking up your blood blood uh, levels, your blood pressure and your cortisol levels. And that's not healthy for you. You're going to age much faster. You're going to, you know, attract these diseases and whatnot. All of it stems from like your inner being. So not yelling has helped me become more centered, has helped me be healthier and happier, has helped improve my focus on what is important. It also has eliminated me from feeling any regret or trying to go repair those relationships all over again, and I don't sit there wasting my time mm-hmm. anymore. You know, like life's too short for that stuff. So I do feel that we should all maybe kind of take a look at ourselves and kind of think like, where does this stem from in our society? And why should we perpetuate this way, this behavior anymore? Um, and just in case anybody listening is a frequent yeller, I guess I'll call them, I've got five ways that you can stop yelling i've got some additional ways that you don't have listed so i'll let you rip through these oh wow okay well the first one is when you find yourself ready to explode just walk away or hang up the phone so i this is i'm sharing this because this is my tip so i have found that me walking away or moving myself energetically from that situation helps me gather my emotions that i'm coming through and then i calm down naturally and i can actually see something for what it is and 99 percent of the time it's not that important And it's not worth me yelling or fighting over. This is where the situation might not work in the workspace. If your boss is yelling at you 
or upper management is yelling at you, how do you walk away from that? I don't think you walk away. I think you just, what I would do in that scenario is like, you know, if you're in a workplace environment and somebody's like ripping into you for some reason, whatever it could be, it could be your, it could be a boss, it could be a client, whatever that happens to be, just like in your head, you know, be very calm and listen, but in your head, just be like, this is just the briefest moment in time. This will be over shortly. This is like this, zone this, out. This, yeah, just kind of zone out and just listen to them. I mean, don't. I wouldn't say zone out because you want to absorb what they're saying in case you need to have a reply, right? Um, for some for a point they bring up, so don't completely zone out. But in terms of like all the negative things they're spitting at you, just you know, in your head, just be smiling and thinking like this is just a projection of myself when they're in a lot a lower state of love vibration right now, and uh, you know it's gonna be fine. It's a very brief moment in time, and this will pass. That actually is like my next one um, in a way that you could stop yelling. Force yourself to get into your head and out of the moment, which is something I've also done where I just start to immediately analyze like, why is this triggering me? Why is this bothering me? Is there a point to this? I'm not going to stoop to this person's level and I'm not going to let this person control my emotions. I just want to be happy and always in a good mood and not always be dragged down by something that I don't control. I don't control other people. I control myself. So get into your head kind of and, you know, immediately start like having a conversation with yourself and analyzing like, Nina, you're better than this. You can be higher than this. You can be above this. You are much happier when you don't yell. And that kind of takes the attention off what's going on in front of you. Sure. The third thing is actually yours. Think of clouds. So think of clouds. We've probably talked about this in past episodes before with different topics, but if you're ever in a situation where you want to yell, it kind of just goes back to the point I was laying out about a point in time if you're in the workplace, for example. But whatever the scenario is, is look at these words that are coming at, or look at the words that you think that you would say that are triggering you from the scenario that's external from you. And just remember that like, they're just clouds passing by like this entire external scenario that just occurred that triggered you to get really pissed off and want to yell at somebody like this scenario. If you look at this timeline of your life, you know, if you could move backwards and objectively view it, it's just one cloud passing. There's going to be more clouds in the future. There's a lot of clouds in the past that I'm sure triggered you. Now is the thing is you be better. Evaluate this. Consider it this cloud that's just passing by in the sky on this timeline of life. And it's just and soon enough, it's going to be gone and you're going to be moving on. Like be an absor- observer, not an absorber. You know, you want yeah. to observe things outside of yourself as opposed to just taking everything so personally. I think that's attached to ego. I think when you can kind of shut your ego down, which is, you know, a beast in and of itself, then you're not going to care to do it. You know, it's just not going to bother you. Um, the fourth reason of why you should... Why you can stop yelling too is because when you start to think about the repercussions on your health, you know, just do it for yourself. That should be enough motivation for anybody. Your well-being, your happiness, your blood pressure levels, your cortisol levels, do it for yourself. Be selfish. Most people that I know, they get pissed off all the time and do yell at other people or just generally angry at the world or venting about They're things. They're very unhealthy people. They're very unhealthy yeah, people. And although from the outside... They may not visibly look unhealthy. Some of them, some, a, lot, a lot of them do, but some of them, they may not look unhealthy. They're constantly either internalizing and complaining about their health issues that they do have. But on the inside, they're definitely probably unhealthy because it's, you know, energy goes far beyond just your environment and your food that you eat or the choices that you make in terms of like things that come around you or inside of you. 
energy also has to do with how you're projecting thought processes and that carries a vibrational frequency and so if you're constantly in a lower energetic state by venting and being pissed off all the time and mad and angry and resentful and you're verbalizing that which even adds another layer to it that is has that holds an energetic signature and the more persistent you are with this negative energetic signature it's going to affect you internally and eventually you have the potential to get sick like these are a lot of the things that I don't think are taught in traditional health and science and medical school, right? It's more of a metaphysical aspect of how you can create illnesses inside of yourself by holding your body, your mind, your spirit in a lower energetic frequency. Um, the fifth way that you can stop yelling is by kind of just, like, this goes back to the improved mood, but kind of like focusing on like you're trying to be a better person. You're trying to improve upon yourself. This whole podcast sits on that, like self-improvement, self-discovery, you know, human potential, that you are not at the beckoning call of what's happening in front of you or happening to you in your life. Like that should not affect you to a point where you're yelling and screaming. And I understand that many people listening could be like, you know, I come home from like a 16-hour work day and then my kid does this or this happens or my spouse does this and I'm stressed out and I just like lose it. Okay, I understand that. I get that. But don't you want to not lose it? Don't you want to come to a point in life where other people's actions or reactions or words or situ- situations, scenarios don't affect you so much? Wouldn't you be so much better and happier if you could just coast through life unbothered? And I feel like that's what help- has helped me as well, where I can just look at something and say, I'm better than this. Like I'm, And I don't mean this in a cocky way or an egotistical way, but I almost in my head think like, I'm above this, I am better than this, and I'm going to keep soaring higher, like above this situation. And me yelling is just not conducive to me becoming a better person. Like I'm going to let it go. Like I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And just that enough in and of itself drives me to stop yelling. That can literally stop me in tracks. It did this a couple weekends ago where I'm just like, I just don't care anymore. Like it's exhausting to take that path where like my ego is driving my reaction towards something and where I just be like, whatever, and just like walk away from it and mm-hmm. not care. That doesn't mean you don't get your point across, but maybe in a couple of hours in a calm voice, you can get your point across. Sure. Maybe you can think about things and things that maybe were, you know, crawling up in the conversation or in the moment can now come as like a cohesive conversation that's actually helpful and not wasting people's time. The yelling stuff, again, does not help. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things you have? So some of my things are more tactical in terms of not in the moment when you're thinking about things you can do. These are like more, I guess you would call it preventative mechanisms and tactics that will make you not even like, it'll decrease your odds of actually becoming triggered to yell in the first place. One that we talk about repetitively is just meditation, like figure out calming your mind it's going to put you in a more balanced state so even if something external happens that in the past would have normally triggered you to yell or get very upset you're going to be able to implement and execute on these other tactics that nina laid out because you're going to have a calmer more clear and centered mind to evaluate that circumstance in the here and now i think that's a good foundation i think that's where people should start is just start to meditate every day and you're just going to realize that you're going to approach life in a much because you're calm and centered so nothing else can like throw you off. Exactly. It'll be easier. Yeah. You'll like think about yelling and you'll be like, well, why? This isn't going to solve this problem. You know, yeah. me raising my voice to somebody else and saying things that are based out of egoic 
mindsets and, you know, just ego in general, they're not going to solve the problem. Meditation almost helps. I would say it, it helps transform your perspective or how you see your relationship with the rest of the world. And it almost takes you outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like when the days I meditate, I feel that as, as if I'm not in the world and things are happening to me and I've got so much to do. I almost feel like I'm outside of myself observing myself go through this world and therefore I'm able to control my actions and reactions and emotions and direct my energy or attention as to where I want to go as opposed to being that I don't know I think about like a bee <laughs> yeah. like a bee like buzzing and flailing around meditation takes me out of that sure um, the, the next one I have has to do with um, you know meditation I would call mental exercise mm-hmm. right the next has to do with actual physical exercise my recommendation there would be to implement yoga because that that would actually calm your body down by stretching out your muscles Um, you may even notice that when your muscles are tight from working out or something you may be more apt to be anxious or to get angry faster and there's actually a reason for that and it's because you're when you're more tense your energy is not flowing and you're not as calm and because of that it's a lot easier to get triggered so by incorporating more stretches and yoga to stretch the body out that's super helpful you know, and to add on this challenge that I'm currently doing with this Legree stuff, I will say over the last six days of doing that, out of any workout I've ever done in my life, I've never done a workout where afterwards I didn't feel like amped up, like lifting weights, running, jogging, sprinting, whatever that was, calisthenics. Afterwards, you're like, you know, you're, you kind of have that pump to you, but you're still kind of hyped up a little bit, right? When I get done with one of those 50-minute Legree sessions, I'm like oh my God, this is an amazing workout, right? 50 minutes nonstop. But at the same time, you're incredibly calm. And throughout the rest of the entire day, like what I've been doing the last week, and I'll keep you guys posted on this as I continue this challenge. But for the last six or seven days since I've been doing this, I would do the Legree session and then we'd come home and meditate for like a solid 20 minutes after that. And my entire day is like calm, calm, crystal clear energy, no need for caffeine. I haven't had any caffeine or anything. Um, I actually quit drinking coffee like two weeks ago once we decided we were going to do this or got closer to it. And I like, I'm like, I'm just going to test it because I don't like drinking coffee all the time. It kind of makes me have that anxiety feeling or anxious feeling a little bit sometimes when you drink too much coffee. But since I started this, like crystal clear energy, um, very calm, not triggered for anything whatsoever. And I'm connecting dots that I wasn't able to before because of how calm I actually am. Like I'm giving sales presentations and things and being able to completely read the energy of my audience and connect dots for different things that they're saying and presenting information in a much more appetizing manner for their specific pain points and problem sets that they need solutions for. And it's just been super beneficial. And so that's just another thing in terms of like an exercise that can calm you down so it doesn't trigger you to yell. And the last thing I have, more of a tactical thing that I will say I've noticed in myself and other people I've talked with about this that have also done this from a diet perspective have noted it to me as well, is that when you consume animal-based proteins, you actually are putting your, your body in a state of tension and anxiety and stress and it raises your cortisol levels. And when you have that, it even enhances what I was talking about before about your muscles being tight, right? So, you know who actually preached about this a lot was Dr. Sabi and he said the reason why people are angry in this world is because they eat meat. 
and he and then he walks through the science behind it. So you should you should research some of the things that he's talked about. But he goes, meat actually increases anxiety. It increases your anger levels within your body. The way that these plant based protein I'm sorry, not plant based these animal based proteins react with the human psycho or the human psychology and the human uh, body basically how they react with muscles and tissues and things of that nature. And when you consume them. It is creating so much tension inside of you that you can. It's a lot easier to flip off the switch or off the handle when something pisses you off and triggers you. And so, by removing these animal-based proteins, when once it loosens you up, it uh, you know elevates your mind and calms your body so that you're not having these triggered responses. And myself, as a use case, I remember several years back when I took those out of my diet. I was already calm, but like. All my muscles relaxed within a couple days. I was extremely calm ever since then. And I've noticed that as I've enhanced that over the years, I can definitely say that for me personally, that is true. That like I realized when I was eating meat and dairy products that, and also like this, this occurs too, I think when you eat too carb heavy, like processed carbs that have a similar effect, but the protein, the animal proteins are way worse in my opinion for this particular point. And uh, once those were removed, I, I wasn't you know triggered by barely anything. I was just way calmer on a daily basis. Yeah, those are good ones. So. You know what I thought of? Uh, I thought of my parents. My dad eats meat. My mom doesn't. And who's more calmer? Yeah. You know who's who's the person who doesn't ever yell? There's like a flat. It's such a noticeable difference. Yeah. I never really even thought about that before until I heard Doctor Sabi talking about it, and I did a bunch of research on like why it occurs and his mm-hmm. points. And they all make a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, in it's terms not, of these are not blanket it. statements by any means, by the way, guys. I know a ton of people who eat meat and are very calm. Oh, of course. Yeah. This um, is that blanket. I'm just saying, for me, it worked help. out well. Yeah. yeah. For some of us, this can be helpful to take into account. But yeah, I hope you guys got value from this episode. I just don't think that yelling is a um, should be an accepted form of communication. I think that we should learn how to communicate much better with much more clarity. And for me, this is just my personal journey. It started with just wanting to be a happy person and someone who's always improved with their mood and focus. That's what, that's what pushed me to change and what may, what might help anyone listening change maybe a different reason. You know, I don't know what that reason is for you guys. Only you can answer that question, but I think that we should all just like tone it down a bit. I, I don't like seeing that. I don't like going to whole foods and seeing a kid getting yelled at like in front of everyone. I don't like seeing couples yelling at and fighting at each other in bars. It's just so it's very distasteful to me now. It just like, puts me in a very, like even when I'm observing it from afar between people happening, it, it's just like, it disgusts me now. I'm just like, ill. like someone <laughs> grow up here, please. Yeah. Cool. Should we oh, go on? I, I don't have any books, by the way. I do. I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. So okay. this is actually a book that I just downloaded today that I'll probably start midway through this week as I finish the other book that I'm reading. But uh, both of the, like the book I'm reading right now, I think I mentioned it last week. It's called Essentialism. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of topics in there that by helping relieve yourself of non-essential things can lower your stress ex- levels yeah, and that, calmness. That goes back to the point I made. Like when I'm improved mood, it helps me just focus on things that matter in my life and not harp on something and replay something in my head and vent and gossip about it, trying to make it okay in my head. Yeah. Um, that's a perfect point. I like that book too, Essentialism. What's the author's name? Uh, the author's name is Greg McCown. Yeah. That's, and it's, it's the di- Essentialism, the Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Yeah. That, that book is awesome. And, and that is something that I've connected on where I just do what's essential in life and put my attention and focus there. The yelling scenario... I have no time for it. Yeah. And the other one I downloaded just today because I randomly got recommended the same book by two separate people in like the last four days uh, is called Quiet Mind, Epic Life. 
and the author of that is Matthew Ferry. And the concepts in this book are all these tactical steps you can make to quiet your mind to create a better life. Um, one of those being different types of tactical steps about not getting triggered for different things, being grateful, um, you know, not worrying about things that are external and out of your control. And what I actually just learned today is this author is actually going to be in St. Louis this week doing a workshop at Cortex, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, so we should check it out maybe. Wow. Okay, the quote of the week is, and a couple of reasons I kind of went towards this quote is, the quote, is, well, I'll start with the quote, laughter drives shouting away. And it reminded me of a recent meme that I saw on Instagram, and it was, if somebody is yelling at you, look up at them, take your index finger, and just touch their nose and go, boop, <laughs> <laughs> just to break up that you know, energy that they're throwing at you. And 99% of the time, that person who's yelling at you will start, will get so confused that they'll start laughing. And so you'll help diffuse the situation. And I thought that was a very cute way of going about it. And I thought, you know what? If some of us could remember to do that in the moment when we're getting shouted at, then we could really help change the way that we all communicate with each other. So I really felt that laughter does drive shouting away. And next time you should try, like... If you want to yell or someone's yelling at you, just think about like touching their nose and going boop and just like giggling about <laughs> it because it's just so silly. But I think that those are, that's a good practice and a good thing to keep in your subconscious mind the next time you feel things getting a little tense. Yeah. Because you can't laugh and yell at the same time. Right? It's just like you can't be negative. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> and you can't be positive and negative at the same time. It's the same same theory there, you know? You yeah. can't be grateful for life and then still in the same moment think about all the things that you don't have. So it's kind of that same like, you know, uh, metaphysical theory where you can't laugh and be mad at the same time and nor can the person in front of you who's doing it. So give it a try next time. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. We are super grateful that you came back and joined us today for episode number 20. We're going to keep these going. We hope you find them valuable. And uh, please, we would love it if you enjoyed the episode to go and rate us on iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms that you're on. We would be super appreciative of that. Um, or if you have general feedback that you'd like to send us through direct message, please feel free to do that on Instagram or our other social handles. And we'd be happy to reply to you. And if you have any interesting things that you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. Um, you know, And if you don't do it, trust me, I won't get triggered and I won't yell. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. If you gained any value from this episode, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. 